It's one o'clock, I'm John Kay. The headlines are bus crashes in Spain, 14 people are killed. There's concern over a missing woman from Aylesbury and overnight closures on the M1 for three nights. BBC Three Counties Radio. At least 14 people were killed when a bus carrying foreign students crashed south of Barcelona. The students were studying at Barcelona University with the Erasmus European Exchange Programme. The drivers being questioned by police. From Madrid, Guy Hedgeco. The accident took place at around 6 o'clock this morning when the bus, carrying 57 people, hit a car and turned on its side, according to Catalan government spokesman Jordi Janet. He also said it appeared that the tragedy was caused by human error and that the bus driver had lost control of the vehicle after hitting a barrier on the side of the road. Among those on the bus were Erasmus students of different nationalities who had reportedly been returning from the city of Valencia, which has been staging its annual festivities in recent days. Thames Valley Police in Ellsbury appealing for help to trace a vulnerable missing woman. 32-year-old Cheryl May, also known as Jamie May, was last seen at around 9.30am on Thursday in Beerton Road in Ellsbury. Cheryl is black with very short shaved black hair and of large build. When she was last seen, she was wearing a black tracksuit top. A vigil is being held outside Milton Keynes train station this afternoon at three o'clock following the deaths of two homeless men within the past fortnight. Both Tony Porter and Patrick Allen had been sleeping rough on the streets before they died. Ricky Oates is organising the vigil. He says homeless people have been moved on from the station and he wants to show the council that it's a problem that can't be hidden. At the moment, a lot of the homeless have set up camps in little wooded areas in Milton Keynes because they feel that the council want them out of sight so it doesn't give the council a bad name. Pope Francis has criticised those who don't want to take responsibility for the destiny of refugees. Addressing the crowd in St Peter's Square on Palm Sunday, he appealed to countries not to turn their backs on people on the margins of society. Thieves have stolen the roof from St Leonard's Parish Church at Flamstead. It'll cost around £10,000 to replace the lead removed by the gang in the early hours of Wednesday morning. Reverend Tom Sander, the vicar of Flamstead and Markiate, says they're trying to find the money to cover the cost. I've already had a few generous cheques come through the vicarage door this morning. People of Flamstead are kind and generous and they love their church, um, so they, they've been um, very helpful in that already. The insurance company will help us um, to some degree, but um, insurance companies for churches will only insure a certain amount of lead. Work to build two new bridges over the M1 in Bedfordshire is continuing this week. From Monday to Wednesday, the southbound carriageway will be closed overnight between junctions 12 and junctions 11. A further 10 nights of motorway closures will take place at the end of March and the beginning of April. The weather for beds, hearts and bucks, cool and cloudy with some bright spells later and some more showers expected. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Louisa Peacock and Nana Aquia on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello and welcome to a brand new programme all about health and well-being. Every week we'll bring you incredible stories, discuss the latest innovations in health and hopefully make you smile. This week, the man who claims he can diagnose your illness using the power of his spirit. The couple who live exclusively on a diet of plants. And should the meningitis B vaccine be given to every child under 11? That's all with me, Louisa Peacock and Nana Aquir between now and 2pm.
Hello, you're listening to a brand new program all about health and well-being. Now, we're all human. We may try to lead a healthy and active lifestyle, but there's always a hurdle along the way. So every week we'll be asking for your epic fails. Those times when you've tried to do something healthy or active, only for the wheels to come off along the way. This week, Nana Aquir will be speaking to a couple who live exclusively on a diet of plants. So we want your epic fails about diets. Goodness knows I've got many. Did a diet that you do recently actually do more harm than good? Did you try a diet only to fall off the wagon over and over again? Or perhaps you're a yo-yo dieter. Whatever your story, let's celebrate once and for all the human side in everybody. Call 03459 455 555, text 81333, starting your message with 3CR. Or you can tweet me at BBC3CR. Come on, I want to hear your epic fails for this show. Now, they say that prevention is better than cure, and there's a man in America who has devoted his life to helping people overcome and prevent illness. Anthony William claims to have an ability to talk with the spirit world to diagnose people's undetected health problems. He's called the medical medium, and I spoke to him from his home in L.A. earlier this week. Instead of channeling like some mediums do, Um, and intuitives do, I hear a voice perfectly clear that speaks to me in my right ear. It started at age four when I woke up one morning and I heard a voice talking to me, just as you're talking to me now or a friend is talking to you. And at the same time, information about people's health. In fact, I got information from Spirit, this voice about my grandmother having lung cancer. So at age four, I had to diagnose my grandmother of lung cancer. And a few weeks later, my family brought her in, and she had no symptoms of any kind, and she was diagnosed with lung cancer. And it all started from right there. So you're saying you... I mean, I'm very sorry, by the way, to, by the way, to hear that your grandmother had such a horrible disease to live with, but it is fascinating to me as well that you were able to predict this or diagnose this, not only without any prior knowledge, but also at the age of four. I know. In fact, I didn't know what I was saying. So I had to pronounce over and over again because spirit would say, say it again. And I would have to say it again and say, grandma has lung cancer. We were sitting at the dinner table and spirit had me get out of my chair and I walked over to my grandmother. And then spirit said, you know, uh, tell everybody that grandmother has lung cancer. Say grandma has lung cancer. And that's how it started. And it didn't stop there. In fact, in school, uh, in grade school, my classmate next to me, Spirit said to me that my classmate had meningitis. So I told the teacher, and the teacher interviewed the child, and the child said, I never even heard of that. I don't know what he's talking about. And later that evening, the, my classmate developed meningitis overnight and was in the hospital. So it, it happened all through my entire life, my childhood. The information would come through all the time. What makes you think it's a spirit? Well, you know, that's what I questioned when I was younger, and I've done that even when being older. I've asked, what are you? Are you an angel? Um, Are you a spirit guide? Am I talking to God? Who am I talking to? And the voice told me clear that, that what the voice was was the living word compassion. So the voice was a word. So I wasn't talking to a spirit in the sense where a spirit died or an angel or or someone who passed over. I wasn't talking to someone that lived as a human. In fact, uh, the voice told me the voice never lived as a human, was just a word called compassion, the living word. 
and that's all I know. I never got any more information besides that all these years. It sounds extremely complicated for a four-year-old to get their head round, and I think you know many people would describe it as psychosis. Well, you know, it, it, yeah, I mean, sure, you can describe it that way, but at the same time, it, it proved itself over and over and over again and proved itself again and again and again as far as the correct information that was given to me for everyone that was sick or people around me. When I would be, I would tug on shirt, sleeve, uh, shirt, uh, shirt sleeves for people and tell them that they had diabetes or tell them that they had a tumor. And so it, it always came through perfectly. Well, did you, did you, did you do this sort of in every moment of your waking life? What about when you're out and about with mates or in the pub? Or you know, did you do this sort of in the middle of a, a good old, you know, sing and dance down the pub? Well, the information comes through no matter what. If I'm in the park, Spirit's going to tell me what's going on with everybody in the park, what's happening with their health. If I'm do, on the plane, do you feel compelled, Anthony, to, to tell when the Spirit tells you something do you feel compelled to pass that on or do you tend to ignore it well you know I, I it's hard to ignore i try to try my best but you hear it just as clear as someone speaking to you and and it's not a voice inside my head that's the important thing that that uh when i explain to people and others that try to understand it's not a voice i'm hearing inside my thoughts how it's do you know that else. well because i can block it with my hand just as if you're talking to me now, and I want to put my hand over the ear and block it out. I hear it in real time. So the voice comes in actual real time, in real living time, where I'm talking to you or I hear the voice. You know, when we were on the plane heading on our last trip, there was uh, the, the uh, pilot asked if there was a doctor on board on the plane because there was a complication. Nobody knew what the complication was. But my assistant asked me, what do you think's going on way back there? And Spirit told me there was a man having a seizure. All I had to do was ask for Spirit. Later on, the stewardess told us that there was a man having a seizure later on. And, you know, later on, that's what we were told. So the information comes no matter what. I can't stop it. So you can actually ask your Spirit things as well. It doesn't just tell you stuff. That's what I do. I ask that. So when I'm helping someone, I'm going to ask Spirit what's going on. You know, I had to go through extensive training, extensive training as a child. From age 8 to 14, I had to go into uh, cemeteries and graveyards, and I had to test my abilities had to be tested. I had to stand above a grave, find out if somebody died of cancer, a heart attack, a broken heart, a car accident, suicide. I had to know and so spirit put me through rigorous training as a child as well. I see. So this isn't training as in you went and paid for a training course run by some external party. This is the spirit telling you or, or te coaching you through what it thinks you need. Absolutely. I never went to medical school. I'm not a doctor of any sort, but, <laughs> so I, but I, get, I get advanced information that decades ahead of time. And who has 10 or 20 years to wait for information? Who has 30 years to wait for the tr knowing the true cause of what's causing their symptoms and their illnesses and their, their thyroid disorders and everything else. And Spirit provides that information so I can help people. Anthony, do you, do you need to be in people's company, you know, actually within physical distance of them to, for your spirit to be able to diagnose something? Or can you do it over uh, the phone? Over the phone, it works in person. You can do it, it over works. the phone. So can you hear a voice now talking to uh, me? Yes, Yes, I do. I do. Of course, <gasps> I always do. Dare I ask what it says? About you? Yeah. Uh, Spirit says that your adrenals are slightly underactive. In fact, the left adrenal on the, on the left side of the body, on your left side with your arm, that's weaker than the right side. Spirit also tells me that the thyroid is slightly hypo. That's your thyroid, and I'm looking at that now. Uh, Spirit also says that you have a calcification in the breast. As well, so there's a little calcification in one of the breasts. Oh, what in the breast? Sorry. And yes, a calcification in the breast. Intoxication. Sorry, I can't hear you very well. A what calcification. Does... Oh, calcification. Sorry, little... Excuse me. Right. Okay. Oh, that could be because I breastfed recently. Maybe. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Maybe. I mean, I don't, with the thyroid and all that, I don't know. I can't obviously tell, um, you know, and, and thank God you're not saying anything more dire. Maybe you're saving my graces. But, you know, I can't tell if what you're saying is true. I, I mean, I'm imagining you get a lot of people that are extremely cynical to what you say. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is out there. I haven't run across many in, in, the, in the recent years. Um, it, it's one of these things where when someone needs answers and they've been to 10 or 15 doctors or 20 doctors and they need those answers, when you have mommies that can't get out of bed to take care of their children and feed their children and medical research and medical science doesn't have the answers for them and they're too fatigued to function, uh, I don't, the skepticism's not there. I'm there to help people and get them back their lives and do everything in my power I possibly can. And it, the, the truth is, I was born a skeptic myself, so I had to live with this gift as a skeptic. So I understand skeptics, and I understand someone not understanding or not believing, because at the same time, it's in my blood to be a skeptic, too. So I completely believe, you know, believe on how it works with skeptics. Do you charge for the work that you do, Anthony? I do. It's, it's a fee that we charge, and we charge a fee because we have such an overwhelming amount of people that come in for help. We have a, a long, long, vast waiting list, and it takes a lot of manpower to govern the whole thing. So there is a fee to take uh, to take the, the, the heat off of all the manpower because I have to feed all the mouths that take care of, of, so this, of us. So we have- this is essentially your career. This is, this is your main income. It, it, indeed it is. It has been, yes. It hasn't, yes. So I guess you can understand some cynics um, would would easily say that actually, you know, yes, you may have heard voices or yes, it may have been that you've diagnosed your grandmother, for example. Who knows whether that was a spirit or whether that was just a fluke or whether you'd overheard something the night before. I mean, who knows? Let's just, you know, just play devil's advocate a little bit. But the fact that you're now charging to give out this advice from a supposed spirit, you can see how some people might just kind of be, well, you know, he would he would say that, wouldn't he? Because he's trying to make money out of it. Sure, sure. But if they knew where the money went, then that would be a different story because the money goes to 10 people that work for me in order to handle the amount of people that are calling and organizing it and how we have to do it. Basically, what happens is the fee just takes care of all the people I have to hire. In how, order how many to people do you have to hire, Anthony? I have to hire close to 10 people to okay. take care of and And because of that, the fee barely makes it. Okay, so you know you're making ends meet with it. You're not necessarily making a huge profit. Would that be fair to say? It's completely fair to say. In fact, people say to me, "Well, you know, um, uh, you must be making a lot of money." But that's not how it works. If you have someone that has a very small practice and, and they have a very small clientele and they only need to run it themselves, they make the full fee. But when you have ten people, because there's fifteen thousand people on the waiting list. And it's a major organization. You've got 15,000 people on your waiting list. Did I hear that right? 15,000 people on the waiting list. Wow. And is that mainly Americans, would you say, or from all over the world? No, it's it's very much a large part of the UK. The UK? Oh, okay, the UK too. So there's obviously a demand for something like this, but I mean, I'm I'm, I'm right in saying that you can't heal people necessarily. You might just be able to tell them what what's wrong and where to go for help first the first start of healing is knowing the true cause of knowing the cause of what's causing your hashimoto's knowing the cause what's causing your aches and pains what's causing your fatigue having the real answers and i look i'm not a you know i'm not a smart man or, or anything like that information comes from spirit it's there for people and i've helped tens of thousands of people heal and recover at it over the over the decades and that information is because it tells people what's truly wrong and where they can go for help. If it's to another doctor that knows, then spirit will send them to that doctor. Okay. If something they Okay. Anthony, have you, have, have you ever got it wrong? Have I ever got it wrong? Um, well, I'll tell you one story really quick. My neighbor came over to my garden as I was pulling out onions out of my garden. My neighbor said, I don't know how you did it, Anthony. My wife couldn't walk for years, but you knew the answers when no one else did. And we took her to every clinic there was, and you knew the answers. You know what I said? I looked at him and I said, I'm never wrong. 
I'm always right. I will never be wrong. I will always be right and remember that. And you better remember that. I stood up. I walked a couple of feet. I stepped on a hoe backwards, and it knocked me out. I laid there in the garden completely unconscious. And when I came to, I was looking at my neighbor standing above me, and Spirit said to me, just remember this, Anthony. You're always wrong, and I'm always right. Remember that. That seems like a, a fair enough place to leave this story for now. But Anthony William, thank you so much and good luck with your medical medium. I'm sure it's only a career that can get bigger and bigger. But thanks so much for talking to BBC Three Counties Radio. That was Anthony William, our medical medium. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Louisa Peacock and Nana Aquia on BBC Three Counties Radio. Three County Sport isn't just about hearing your team in action. In action. Forster Kasky with a shot. Oh, and it's in! Forster Kasky's got it! Squares the ball as well. It's oh, oh, it's in! Stephen, it's you've got breathing space. It's about the managers. When you defend like that, you get punished and uh, at any level, and we got punished today, and, and that's the biggest disappointment. The players. I think we have to be comfortable as well. Yeah, I think it's very good for the team who got promoted last year. And the fans. We weren't brilliant, but I don't think we was a 4-1 defeat terrible. You could see him trying to get his passing game going. Three County Sport, keeping you up to date with Luton, Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage and Wickham every day of the week on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, I love that. I was kind of waiting for him to say that the medical mediums told him that he'd broken his legs, but he hadn't. I love that. Well, I'm Nana Aquir. I've really enjoyed the show so far. I hope you're enjoying it so far. Uh, now, my next guest, they're so exciting. Now, if you are what you eat, then my guest, the next guest, would literally be a bowl of plants. Uh, now, because all David Evans and Agnes Hlblinska eat are plants. And uh, they're part of a growing movement of people who exist purely on fruit and vegetables and grains and in the studio with me now. Hello, Agnes. Uh, Dr. Agnes and David, how are you doing? Hey, Hello. Hey, we're doing great, thanks. Now, you see, I love this because I personally would like, I keep trying to change my diet here. I start off with uh, my aloe vera, then I go for my beetroot juice, then I go for my porridge and so on and so forth and da-da-da-da. Do you know what I eat about? Like, I eat so much for breakfast, it's ridiculous. Uh, when and uh, why did you change your lifestyle? Um, for me, uh, it was exactly on my 39th birthday. Um, I've been in a medical profession over 20 years. Um, and I was always shocked how many tablets we prescribed to our patient. And on my 39th birthday, I opened my cupboard and I realized I became one of my patients. It was full of tablets. Uh, I really logically didn't accept the fact that I uh, accommodated in my body about 10 to 15 little conditions from irritable bowel syndrome, allergies, sinusitis, etc. And I was uh, swallowing all these tablets to be able to work and function. And uh, I knew it at this point that either I've made I make a major changes in my lifestyle or I will end up with cancer or heart attack. And this was definitely the turning point in my life. What about you, David? Yeah, so uh, um, Agnes has um, completely changed my life. Um, we met each other in 2009 and being an athlete, I was told that I need to consume a lot of um, animal products uh, to get the protein to build the muscles and uh, to keep the fruits limited um, due to the fact of the sugar content, which obviously um, they said puts fat on your body. And then when I, when I meet Agnes, and Agnes consumes so much fruits, and she is lean, and she has so much energy, huge amounts of energy, I was thinking, I think there's something that I need to, need to change here uh, in my lifestyle um, from what I got told before. So me and, me and Agnes, then we done some research um, into different types of uh, nutrition plans. Um, we looked into vegetarians, we looked into vegans, we looked, we were, we were looked into fruitarians, we looked into uh, whole plant-based diets, and we, and we trialed and errored them over um, a period of five years. Um, so we were vegetarians. I was a fruitarian for six months, then I was a vegan. And then we believed, and now we've been on it for over two and a half years, we've been on a whole plant-based diet. So what kind of impact has this sort of change in your diet had on you? Uh, for me, I was reborn. I reinvented myself as a person. All the conditions I told you about disappeared. 
I am stronger, I am fitter, more energetic than I've ever been. I've actually stopped thinking about getting sick and dying. And also it has massive impact on your psychology because the moment you stop following the crowd and do what everybody else does, you have to experiment with your life also. And I discovered I have uh, multiple talents which don't involve just being a doctor. So it completely changed really my life. Now, how realistic is this though? Because most people probably wouldn't be able to uh, do that. Well, what is your day? How does it start? What do you eat in the well, morning? Well, uh, to be honest, with you, I believe that anybody can achieve anything they want in their life. If it's, to, if it's to be a job, a career, if it's to go on, on to a specific diet. Obviously, people like ourselves, we need to just to educate ourselves in this area because people obviously may change something in their life without knowing what they need to do to follow certain things. So we had to educate ourselves in terms of being able to follow this plant-based diet that we are living on now. And like I said, anybody can anybody can do it. And I, if I may add, uh, there are two things which I strongly recommend. Number one, take step at a time. I started with changing my breakfast. Number two, buy really amazing cookbooks. Uh, and learn to cook before you uh, embark on this journey. Just take a step at a time. Anybody can do it. So what would you have for breakfast then? So so for breakfast, I have um, a smoothie. So that would consume a box of strawberries, uh, three bananas, a pineapple, ackee berries, goji berries. And then we put it into a smoothie maker, which is a, we got a Vitamix. Mm-hmm. And we just blend it up with water. And then we drink it. So we'll have like a litre of juice. And then maybe in an hour's time, we will have a big green, a green smoothie. We call it a green machine. We have spinach, broccoli, um, kale, celery. And we put ginger and lime into it. And that becomes a juice for us. And we'll have another litre of juice. You're literally not. You're not actually chewing anything, are you? No, we actually do. <laughs> no, so you 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 act. Uh, you ask the wrong person, really, because okay. David is the juice maker at okay. home. Yeah, I am the cooker. So I've learned to cook fantastic uh, dishes, and you know I can produce uh, English breakfast, the most delicious, just with all the eggs and. Uh, oh, I love eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, if you would see what they do to you, to your body inside, you wouldn't laugh anymore so much. No, but I can I can produce the most delicious dishes for you. You you've actually would not miss the meat. It's all about spicing, mm. cooking and being adventurous. You know, I bought myself a Vitamix. So I spent almost about 800 pounds on this thing. It sits in the corner of my kitchen. Uh, I've used it, I think, about five times. And everything, I always put a little bit of banana in this. When I have used it, I put banana in everything. And everything always turns green at the end it doesn't taste so great <laughs> that's what i'm saying you need to get prepared preparation is the key so with all these um plant-based things where do you get because you mentioned earlier that as an athlete you obviously they tend to eat a lot of meat where are you getting your protein from your carbs and your fat? Yeah, so, so that's that's the most common question where do we get our protein from and all the vegetables, they all have protein in them and things like kale, broccoli and spinach, they have the essential amino acids which are the building blocks uh, for protein. If you look at Popeye and he eats a pile of spinach, have you seen the muscles on him? This is true, this is true, fair enough. We'll come back to that, but right now let's get down to the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Delays around Mill Hill at the moment on the Broadway as a result of the North London Half Marathon taking place. The busy around there. Uh, White Hill at Chesham is closed with with a medical incident for the the, uh, ambulance there around Victoria Road. North Watford busy on the A41. Uh, That's slow going around the Dome roundabout and uh, very slow on the A5 at Dunstable, both directions around West Street. Uh, For the trains this afternoon, uh, services between Milton Central and Rugby. Possible delays of 10 minutes. That's Virgin Trains West Coast because of speed restrictions in place on the line. And if you're flying from Luton towards France, bear in mind industrial action by French air traffic control staff over the next couple of days means your flight might be delayed or even cancelled. Craig Thomas, BBC Three Counties Radio. If it's safe and legal, tell us your travel problems. 03459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Louisa Peacock and Nana Aquia On BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, 
Basically, we're speaking. I've been speaking to David Evans and Agnes, Doctor Agnes. I will stop there when I went for your surname. <laughs> I remembered what you said to me. Uh, now they basically eat purely fruit, vegetables, and grains. Uh, and we were kind of talking about proteins, carbs, and fat, where you get all, all of the sources uh, from your food. Uh, so what are the main benefits to this wonderful diet? Uh, so uh, first of all, you get everything. Uh, everything what you require is in the plants. Uh, you have, if you think about this, we have what ten animal products, but there are thousands of uh, plants you can eat. Uh, also, you need to remember that yes, you get your maybe proteins or iron from uh, animal products, but what you don't get from it is what you get from spinach, broccoli, which are anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory. Uh, you get all the minerals and the substances which are not available in the tablets, which we never talk actually about. So, um, and the best anti-aging. Yes, I'm all ears. Yeah. <laughs> so the best anti-wrinkle treatment mm -hmm. is actually the green juice. So you better start using your Vitamix. Mm. And everything else, trust me, you have to imagine the blood flow in the body is better. So your entire life, then you end up with a hot husband like me who is 14 years younger, ex-rugby player. The sex life is much better too. Okay, Agnes, too much information. <laughs> so but green smoothies. Green smoothies. <laughs> yeah. Does it have to be organic? Um, Organic is better simply because it's grown in the more natural way. So it has obviously more ingredients in it and uh, they check uh, obviously the earth is coming from. But I rather have people eating non-organic but more plants than focusing on just picking on organic and not eating therefore any plants. Okay, okay. Well, Agnes, uh, so if people want to find out, what, is there any good book that people can read to find out more before the Press Up Challenge? Any good books that people can read or really? Yes. So uh, first of all, if you want uh, more information, because unfortunately in Britain, we do not have too much of it. But if you want Google uh, Dr. Esselstyn, who is a surgeon in Cleveland Clinic in America, which is the biggest, most famous uh, cardiac cl uh, clinic in the world. And they are actually treating the cardiac patient with plant-based diet and have better results uh, than uh, any medication ever or procedures done. And also uh, Professor Campbell, uh, who wrote fantastic book on China study, and they both have also fantastic cookbooks. So very much recommend if you require further studies or you are interested on this subject and you want to get younger and sexier than ever. <laughs> I like it. And, and, and also, I think if you want to come and obviously learn uh, you know, a few things of myself and Agnes and uh, see how we look and how we are. You should come to our events because this is where we teach everybody how to live our lifestyle because this is what we do, what we teach people, this is how we live. So I want people to come and I want people to change their mindset and be happy and be healthy and, and live as long as they can because there's so many things that you can do out there in the world. You know, you need to be healthy to be able to do that. This is true, this is true. And right. one, one thing which I want to invite everybody and especially BBC3, so we have completely for free happy bootcamps, which are we are running around the world and over 20,000 Londoners attended only last year. So, yeah, you have to come because we not only bootcamp you there, but we also psych you up and teach you what to eat. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. That's fabulous. Right. So now it's time for the press up challenge. Who's going to go first? Your hot husband or you, Agnes? Let's watch him first, Let's, shall we? Okay. Yeah. Now you've got one minute, Dave. Yeah. Now what's going to happen is your arms need to be at right angles. You have one minute. Are you ready to get yourself are you, are you going? Are you going to have somebody here who's going to be able to count fast I enough? I am going to be counting. Uh, fast enough? Listen to that. Listen to that. All right, and David, you'll have to do it facing me so I can check your arms are at right angles. Okay. Are you ready? Louisa, should we kick this off? Let's go. Right, hang on a second. Timings and three, two, one. Go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, oh sixteen, God, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, eight, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine, forty, for
60, 61, 63, 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, 69, 77, 72, 73, 74, 75, 76, 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 100, 101, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, Woo! 114. Well done. Oh, oh, oh my God. I think touch- I can only do one or two press-ups, ashamedly. <laughs> proper press-ups, you know, proper with the... Oh, wow. His nose touched the ground on most of those. I know what you're saying about that. Um, we won't go into yeah, that. Yeah, Nana, 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 just a lot of people I know can't even lift their own upper bodies for that. <laughs> Nana, just explain what a proper press up is, really quickly. Proper press up. Arms must be at right angles. Uh huh. His arms went below right angles. His nose touched. Nose the floor. almost touched the floor. Mm. I mean, if you try this now at home, I know you might be eating your Sunday lunch, but just stop that for a minute. Get on the floor and try and do this. Arms at right angles. Nose almost touching the floor. I bet you you couldn't do more than a hundred press ups in a minute. Mind you, Agnes. You You're might next. be able to beat him. Agnes, are you I ready? I set up for a <laughs> <laughs> I set up for a I do my best. But I am not touching with my beautiful mouse your dirty flower. Don't worry. <laughs> Agnes, in position now. Wow, here we go, folks. Are you ready? Three, two, one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 14, it's a little bit slower, a tiny bit slower, but I am still put to shame here. 36, 37, 38, 39, you've got 10 seconds, Agnes. 39, she's having a quick break. 5 seconds. You've got 5 seconds, do it, Agnes. 39, 39, 39. 40! Woo! Incredible, well done! That's a good score, Agnes. I am 47. <laughs> I mean, 40 is around about right. That's I mean, I know good. I'm pathetic, but I mean, for most people, I'd say that was achievable, right? But 114, David. And you look like you could do it all again. It yeah, like, 114. It, it was 113, actually. 100, okay, 113. <laughs> get the record right. Wow. I, I mean, what, you, no, no, you, do, you see this all I the time. Is that, is that incredible? But, but I can, say, I can, incredible, I can yeah. say one thing that when I was an athlete, I wouldn't have been able to do 114 press-ups. How the, come? 113. The, the, the plant-based diet has a, massive, plant. has a massive impact on, on your recovery, yeah. on the anti-inflammatory in your body. It's just incredible. I, I cannot explain to people how incredible being on this lifestyle is. It's just fantastic. Well, David and Agnes, thank you so much for coming to join us, us, us in the studio. I can't wait to get my hands on that, that plant-based diet. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm, I'm going to have to go and dig out my smoothie maker as well. And, you know, I did try an avocado smoothie years yeah. ago, which was gross, but <laughs> I'm inspired yeah. now. I'm inspired. BBC Three Bootcamp. We'll do. We'll put it on our iPlay page as well so people can check that out. told me go make yourself some friends or you'll be lonely once I was seven years old it was a big big world but we thought we were bigger pushing each other to the limits we were learning quicker by 11 we were out and drinking burning liquor Never rich, so we were out to make that steady bigger. Once I was 11 years old, my daddy told me, Go get yourself a wife, or you'll be lonely. Once I was 11 years old. I always had that dream, like my daddy before me. So I 
children for me so i can sing them all my songs and i can tell them stories most of my boys are with me some are still out seeking glory and some i had to leave behind my brother i'm still sappy soon i'll be 60 years old my daddy got 61 remember life and then your life becomes a better one i made a man so happy when i wrote a letter once i hope my children come and visit once or twice a month soon i'll 60 years old, will I think the world is cold? Or will I have a lot of children who can warm me? Soon I'll be 60 years old. Soon I'll be 60 years old, will I think the world is cold? Or will I have a lot of children who can warm me? Soon I'll be 60 years old. seven years old mama told me go make yourself some friends or you'll be lonely once i was seven years old oh, i feel 60 years old i tell you after those press-up challenge, I'm exhausted. I didn't even do anything. I'm exhausted. That was Lucas Graham with Seven Years, a, a calming track after the events of the past 15 minutes in this studio. You're listening to BBC Three Counties Radio, a brand new show about health and well-being. And my goodness, we've kicked it off with a bang today. 113 press-ups in one minute. I defy you. <laughs> Anyone out there who can do better than that, ring in and tell me, because I think we've already found a champion. We also want today your epic fails, because we're not all champions, are we? I mean, I've already admitted I can probably do one, maybe two. I mean, literally one or two proper press-ups, right angles, nose to the floor. I'm pathetic. I've got no core strength whatsoever. Hopefully that will improve on the course of this show. It will inspire me. So you come back to me in six months and maybe I'll improve that. But at the moment, I'm not very good at it. And I'm sure there are many of us out there that aren't very good at it. We want your epic fails about diets. Have you done a diet that did you more harm than good? Did you try a diet only to fall off the wagon over and over and over again? Perhaps you're a yo-yo dieter. Let me know. Call 03459 455555. Text 81333, starting your message with 3CR. Or you can tweet me at BBC3CR. Now... Two years ago, Chris Pearce, who's 30 and originally from Luton, was facing life with lung cancer. Since then, after a successful operation, his life is very different. He's here in the studio to tell us more. Good afternoon, Chris. Oh, hello. Thank you so much for coming in. So what made you go to the doctor initially? Uh, I was initially I was treated for a tumour in my pelvis. Uh, I had a lot of pain in my legs and my back when I was a teenager. Uh, and then as a student as well, uh, and I went to the doctor so many times uh, asking them to help me. They sent me to physiotherapy, they said I had flat feet, uh, and things weren't getting any better. Uh, 
and then they did some scans uh, and then they found this this huge grapefruit sized tumor that was kind of growing inside and outside my pelvis off of a off of a nerve and then subsequent to that they discovered another tumor in my lung at the same time so so I had a double double whammy of tumors and this diagnosis was pretty quick by the sounds of it um yeah it took it, the, long, the problem is it took so long to establish because I was only young nobody could figure out what was wrong with me so I wasn't even sent for a scan for the longest time I was given painkillers and high high arched shoes and things to try and make me feel a bit better about not being able to walk properly and then once they found the tumor in my pelvis it all went like haywire i was sent for biopsies within a couple of days they were taking samples and then they were doing all the radioactive scans which shows any uh, like foreign tissue so they found the lung tumor at the same time so you must have literally gone from one week, although you had symptoms perhaps and thought something might be up, but having you know, gone from one week being completely what you thought was healthy to the next week, like you say, complete double whammy. How does that make a person feel? It was like right before Christmas. It was like 2011. It was like literally three days before Christmas. Uh, and like, no, I only went to a back appointment. It was just to have a look at my back. They thought I had a compressed disc. And then suddenly some expert took a look at the scans in detail and then he said well this this isn't a tumor this is something incredibly wrong so i had like two days before christmas to process it and then obviously everybody was closed up for christmas so i was left with the tumor and even that day the man said a tumor this size in your pelvis there's, there's something incredibly wrong and even even now it's gonna take a lot to get you back on it and then i, I didn't even know about the lung cancer at this point so so i was just cut, taking one thing at a time and then they kept kind of chucking more at me it's, what I know, you know, it must have just been such a whirlwind for you. But can you just cast your mind back to how you felt? What was going through your head? Uh, I was. I went to an appointment with my mum, and uh, it was it was bad because that I I knew I'd been ill, and I knew I'd, I looked pale, and I I knew I'd lost a lot of muscle in in my leg, especially. And then to be told there was like a tumor, especially, you know, I was only 20, 26, 27 at the time. And then that was, I thought it was finished. I thought there was literally no no way back, not with a tumor that size. There's no, there's no, I didn't see any way that I could get past it. And then I did a stupid thing. I, I hit Google and started typing in <laughs> prognosis. Yeah, uh, I know then, exactly yeah, I what you mean. In the middle one. of the night, I was waking my partner up and telling her, I think I'm in serious trouble because I'm reading these prognoses, which I would, which I would never do again. But I kind of, I was a mess. It was, it was a bad, bad time. It's the danger with the internet, isn't it? Because like, you know, the information is out there. It's great that we have access to this. But then, you know, we're not doctors. We're not professionals with it. So, and there are all these forums that just make it, can make it sound a lot worse yeah, than it is. And if you're already feeling, you know, oh my God, there's no way back from this. Probably not the best thing to Google at three in the morning. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. And when I found out I had lung cancer, I just stayed away from internet. Any, any type of forums, anything about lung cancer, I was, it was... I was going to take that one on my own and, and see how I went with that rather than other people telling me how it would be. But Chris, you know, there was a way back from this for you. Uh, it's incredible to hear you say that, you know, you really thought it was over and actually it, it wasn't. It was far from over. In fact, life was just beginning in many ways for you. Describe us first of all the treatment you had, then we'll get on to what happened. I got I got hammered with, with surgery to start with. So to take the pelvic tumour out, uh, it needed two surgical teams working in unison. They needed a nerve a nerve team and, and a tumour team and that was done in Nottingham and that took about 12 hours but they kind, I kind of had a lot of blood loss so there was a bit of complications going on where I was kept in for ages so they took that tumour out uh, I got back on my feet started to learn to walk properly again and then about a year later uh, I got seriously ill when my like my bowels uh, blocked themselves with scar tissue so I almost had I had a kidney failure going on there because I was so dehydrated by the time I got into hospital because I hadn't eaten and I was diagnosed with food poisoning. It was a week and I, was, I hadn't eaten, I couldn't drink. So I got myself in a right state. So about a year later, I went in and I had bowel surgery uh, to open up the scar tissue. It was like Spider-Man's webbing um, across my small intestine and nothing could get in or out. So I needed that. And then finally, you know, they wanted to track whatever it was in my lungs. Uh, so they decided uh, <laughs> a year after that. So I'd had about four or five major surgeries that took time to tackle the lung tumour because it was growing, it was showing up on normal chest chest x-rays which it hadn't done so to get that out i needed uh two surgeries i had one to remove the lung tumor from my left lung and then they went in about a week later and took out most of the half the lung roughly and all the lymph nodes surrounding it to give me a better quality of life down the line rather than getting cancer again 
So I just, Chris, I'm in awe of you. I just can't believe you had to go through all of. The, I mean, there's so many different things there that in their in their own right, they're hard enough to deal with. It's like a bad dream. I, I, yeah, considering how my, how healthy I've been for the last almost two years. To go back to those things, you know, it's like if the gentlemen listening, they had wires in places that there shouldn't be wires, and I had tests where you know where cameras shouldn't go and things like that. Uh, it just seems like it wasn't even me, considering how well I am now. It just seems like a, a long time ago. So let's talk about how well you are now. What do you do now? Uh, my main my main job when I'm doing Clark Kent when I'm not being Superman, <laughs> I, I work with <laughs> autistic autistic boys in the boarding school. That's what I've always done. But um, my other secret little life that I've got going on, not so secret anymore. Not now you're knows. on BBC Three County yeah, Radio, no. I, uh, I lost a lot of weight and I started training uh, to do a physique competition uh, and I'm competing in about five weeks. Um, so it's in swim shorts, it's in front of a big audience down in Margate. Uh, I'm entering a show called Pure Elite. Uh, it's like a bodybuilding show, I guess. And uh, what I'm doing is body transformation. So I go in a class with other people who've transformed their bodies. Usually it's people who've lost weight and I, I give them all the credit in the world for that. But there's not really anyone like me as far as I know who's had cancer. So, no. so you go on there and you do a tea walk in front of a thousand people. In, What's a tea walk? Sorry. Uh, it's, so you walk on the big stage on your own, you go forward, do a pose, go to each side of the stage, do a and pose. And this is the proper bodybuilding pose. Yeah, sort yeah, of Bruce, Brucey. Yeah, all oiled <laughs> up in and the air, fist and, pumping. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, it's either going to go really well because uh, I've tried really hard or it will be like where Frankenstein's monster is kind of unveiled to the public oh and, I'm sure that's uh, not going to I have happen. a lot of scars but it's, that's why I'm unusual because that sort uh, of makes it more fascinating in a way yeah I've, um, I've, had, I've had lots of help I've had lots of help from people who've never asked for anything back I had two personal trainers uh, both of whom have never asked for money um, one helped me when I had cancer and got back in the gym and another one has helped me uh, lose weight and get into condition now so and th- there are pictures of you on our facebook page so people can can go and have a look at you um before this event um but you know it must be i think for anyone to sort of show off their body especially with scars on it and all that stuff I, you know how comfortable are you with with being sort of half naked on stage in front of thousands get, of people i'm getting there i was when i first met my first trainer russ i was embarrassed to take my shirt off literally because i've been ravaged you know like uh, I was I was overweight. I had scars on my stomach and my uh, ribs, and they were like really fresh. So, so now they've kind of died down. And it's it's it, the whole process. It's not even just about eating right or training. It's about self confidence. And mm. uh, I've had Lee and Russ helping me, you know, at the gym get my confidence. You know, learn the poses. I'm still still going to be different when I'm in front of a thousand people. But, of course. But you know, I, if I if I can do it, anybody. And you say can. learn the po- do you actually learn the poses? In front yeah, of we're the practicing. We still got we've still got five more weeks of preparation. I um, think we need to do a po- I want you to show me something. Come uh, on. I'm not, I'm not even ready yet. Oh. <laughs> I'm not. I need a few more weeks. I was going to say then, I can do it. Yeah, <laughs> you might you might win if you do. That. Yeah, oh, no, I doubt <laughs> but, it. If you've seen it's me. like a whole routine. It's like it's, it's like nothing you've ever uh, thought about before. I, I, I never expected. So, but what it. does I mean? I understand. You know, you is it Russ and Lee? Sorry, your, yeah, your PTs. Yeah, yeah. They they gave you the confidence, I guess to get this far with it but there still must have been something going on in your head to to do this I mean you've you've come out of major surgery you've mentioned four or five plus operations your head must be all over the place what was there one moment where you thought you know what done this I'm going to get out there and show the world I can be different I started working out I was like 15 because there was a boy in my class who had big arms and he kept breaking his school shirts by doing bicep poses so we all wanted to be like him so I always went to the gym and it just got harder for me as as time went on I started to you know lose muscle and yeah, and I wanted to do it, and now you know I figured now that I'm actually healthy, and I've defied all these odds and people's I don't know diagnosis and prognosis is that maybe I could really invest some time in my hobby and give something back. I'm going to do it for charity as well, so raise some money for other people who've been through what I've been through. And now your trainers, I understand, are quite careful. They don't want you to be the fittest man in intensive care quite frankly yeah, I mean, that, that you mission, say you've achieved yeah. so many firsts but there's a limit I suppose to what you can do yeah they, they wrap me in cotton wool so I don't I, I don't use any type of performance enhancing drugs it's not for me I, I don't condone or approve of that type of behaviour but for me it's not an option I've got enough unknown in my body so I'm completely natural so so I, they have made sure that you know my weight management has been controlled. When I had an actual scare, I had a bit of a cancer scare relapse at Christmas. I had a really bad lung scan where oh, it looked like I had some type of tumor again. It turned out that it's just under monitoring. So I don't know what it is, but it's not affecting me right now. So, so they they made sure that I wasn't killing myself, you know, for this. Um, 
and they've just wanted me to feel good about myself so they've made sure it's healthy foods no chemicals and you don't eat just plants do you no, no, no. Oh, thank goodness. I don't think I'd sustain myself on that. <laughs> OK, Chris, we will put the details of how people can donate um, yeah, to your it. cause thank on you. our Rye Player page, bbc.co.uk forward slash three counties radio. Thank you so much for coming thank in and joining us. Best me. of luck for thank five weeks' time. Much. Thank you. Show, kicking with your torso, boys getting high and the girls even more so. Wave your hands if you're not with a man. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. I got, you got, we got everybody. I got the gift, gonna stick it in the goal. It's time to move your body. incredible Robbie Williams with Rock DJ well that's it for this week's show coming up on next week's health hour we find out what it's like being raised by a parent who has autism why one in five of the UK adult population has never learned to swim and the Luton family who lost 30 stone in two years that's all coming up next Sunday from 1pm on the health show with me Louisa Peacock and Nana Aqua goodbye everybody yeah have a good one Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Chesham, White Hill has now reopened. That incident by the backs and Victoria Road, that's been dealt with. Traffic is returned to normal. Uh, also, uh, things easing off now are Mill Hill Circus. Uh, the word delays money because the North London Half Marathon, which is going on, but that's now easing off. A41, busy around North Watford, the Dome Roundabout, I can see, and Dunstable, the A5 High Street, North Slow, around West Street for the trains this afternoon. 40 minutes worth of delays, northbound hitching to Cambridge due to an incident uh, near Letchworth Garden City. Craig Thomas, BBC Three Counties Radio. If it's safe and legal, tell us your travel problems. 03459 455 555. 
What a show, everybody. We will be back again next Sunday from 1pm. If you're not too exhausted, that is 113 press-ups in one minute. That's the current leadable position from David Evans. Next week, we'll be seeing if we can do it all again and beat that. Perhaps you can. Tweet in if you can. Bye. BBC News at two o'clock. I'm Nikki Schiller. The former Work and Pensions Secretary Ian Duncan Smith has strongly denied his resignation from the Cabinet has anything to do with his view that Britain should leave the European Union. In a BBC interview this morning, Mr Duncan Smith, who quit his post on Friday, said he felt the government was more concerned about balancing the books than helping working people who were struggling. It was a collective sense that from the last election we had sure. begun to abandon that position and I felt that would narrow us and the party that I love dearly and serve and the country that I love would not benefit from that. I want us to be in government, but to govern for all the people all of the time. The Energy Secretary, Amber Rudd, has said she's disappointed by Mr Duncan Smith's decision to resign. She said he was completely wrong to suggest the Tories were falling short of being a one-nation government. His book, A Kestrel for a Knave, was adapted into the award-winning film Kez. The author, Barry Hines, has died aged 76. He also wrote for film, radio and television, including the BAFTA award-winning drama Threads, an account of the effects of nuclear war on Sheffield. He was diagnosed with Alzheimer's nearly 10 years ago. A bus carrying foreign students has crashed in Spain. At least 14 people were killed, with around 30 more injured. The students were enrolled at Barcelona University as part of an exchange programme. Reporter Guy Hedgeco is in Madrid. The authorities have said that they believe it was human error. Uh, they're working on the theory that the bus veered off to the side of the road, bounced off a railing and then uh, went across the middle of the road and hit a car coming the other way. And that's what turned it over, causing the accident. TV cameras could be allowed into Crown Courts in England and Wales for the first time. It's part of a pilot scheme proposed by the Ministry of Justice. During the pilot, sentencing remarks by senior judges at eight courts would be filmed but not broadcast. Formula One and the season opener, the Australian Grand Prix, has been won by the Mercedes driver Nico Rosberg. His teammate Lewis Hamilton finished second. BBC commentator Jack Nichols watched Rosberg cross the finish line and heard his reaction. Applause for Nico Rosberg. It's been a superb drive from the German. He wins the opening Grand Prix of the 2016 Formula One season. Yeah! Awesome, guys. Awesome. Thank you very much. Great time. Great start to the season. Finally, a cat with a taste in men's underwear has been prowling the streets of the New Zealand city of Hamilton. In the last two months, Bridget, a six-year-old Tonkinese, has brought home 11 pairs of underpants and more than 50 socks. Her owner, Sarah Nathan, has described it as an absolute obsession. A quick look at the weather. Sunny spells will develop during the afternoon in some areas of the UK. Clear spells for some of us overnight, leading to a frost mainly across England and Wales. And that's the BBC News at three minutes past two. The Big Country Show with Keith Greentree on the BBC. Hi, good afternoon. How are you? I trust your Sunday is going well. Welcome to two hours of all things country.